Hello, my name is Anoa Changa. The Way with Anoa. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the February 8th edition of The Way with Noah. I'm really excited to be here with you. Why am I excited to be with you with you and all the things that are going on, the brimstone and fire, cats and dogs mating together. Okay, my Peter Venkman uh, uh, impression is not going to work for you guys, but welcome. Um, I want to shout, give a shout out to Chris. Shout out to Chris, my newest patron. Thank you so much for your donation. Like you seriously, when you guys donate to The Way, you're not just like, you know, giving me money, but you are contributing to the process of being able to create good content, right? And and hopefully we'll get to the point where I can actually start breaking off my 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 producer, video editor extraordinaire, uh, the guy who kind of keeps all the gears flowing, Mr. David Grossman behind the scenes. Shout out to David, because David really does um, keep this going. You know, Ben announced that it's been a, been two years. It's been two years since the Benjamin Dixon show has been on. It has been approximately a year since I've been a part of Ben's, you know, on-air family. And I joined Progressive Army officially like sometime after that. So um, so sometime around this past week or so, it's been my one year as well, which has been pretty cool. And it's been probably about six or seven months that I've been doing um, the solo thing. So but David really stepped up and took my hand <laughs> and helped me along the way, because seriously, like Ben just one day was like, OK, well, you're taking a night. You know, um, Niz, who was was on, uh, who started Project Sandy along with Richard, you know, basically, you know, they said to us, well, you you both, you know, Niz had already been pitching a show and then I had already been hosting for Ben, you know, filling in and stuff. So it was like, well, you get a night, you get a night. It's like, Oprah, you get a show, you get a show, you get a show. And here we are all these years, all, all this time later. Um and, and David, like I said, originally, uh, we had another producer who worked with us, Dalton. Shout out to Dalton from California. Um, but Dalton's work and, and, and his lady love, he needs to pay attention elsewhere. So I appreciate all the, all the help that we get. So when you all are patrons and I am working on doing a better job, I know I haven't been doing it, but to do it thus far, making sure that my patrons do get the extra content that we start talking about being able to do does take time, does take editing. So donations absolutely must definitely help. You help us be able to have more up-to-date software, equipment, being able to make sure that I don't sound like a robot. <laughs> you guys have really, you guys have really made all the difference. Um, and so shout out to Chris, my newest patron. Um, really appreciate you, Christopher, this week for, for your donation. And, you know, thank you to everyone who's still hanging in there as a contributor. Um, I know that times are not necessarily the best for many of us. So really a dollar, five, three, two, um, it helps. It goes a long way. You know, if you're a big baller and got like 25 to drop in there, that's awesome too. But um, I really appreciate you guys for rocking with me and stuff. So I wanted to start out just a little light um, tonight. And then I have, uh, 
another person who's very special and awesome, uh, uh, Miss Jamie, who actually is one of our one of our lead editors here, at one of one of, one of the magical people who makes sure that stuff is right for the blog. Um, she's going to talk to us over a little bit about an article she wrote, um, but she actually just helped me out with editing my article that I just went up yesterday. Um, the girls girlfriend's guide to the resistance sisterhood. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting take on some things from the past few weeks, um, really from the past year and a half, two years that we've all been involved and engaged. And especially as we look at this, this period of resistance and, and looking beyond just resisting Trump. And I really think if you haven't got a chance to read it, you should definitely check it out. It's, it's, it's very relevant. I think in the midst of what has just happened with, um, Senator Warren and the, the the coalescing around the silencing of her voice juxtaposed with the silencing of Coretta Scott King's legacy and voice. Um, and, and where do we go from there on actually kind of, quote unquote, resisting and, and, and work the, there for? So um, but so my, my very light and this is very nerdy humor. <laughs> I really feel like, you know, bringing some humor and stuff every once in a while is kind of it's, it's not kind of good. It's good. Um, so anyway, so there is this picture of Steve Bannon that my daughter and I found on, on, on the Internet earlier, Facebook. Um, someone had posted it. And it's like, you know, the guy on the the guy on the left thinks he's genetically superior to the guy on the right. And, you know, of course, on the right is address Elba, like swoon. I'm sorry, guys, you know, that that's not your thing. But that's Luther. Um, God, I love Luther. Um, so my daughter was like. Well, maybe he doesn't really think she like she didn't she didn't realize who Steve she knows who Steve Bannon is, but she had never seen a picture of him. Right. Lucky, lucky child. So we're, she, we're looking at it and she's just like, what is wrong with his face? I, and I couldn't think of it. And then finally, because, you know, we're a nerdy sci fi family. I was like, oh, he looks like the Baron Harkonnen from Dune. <laughs> Make American Harkonnen again. You're not familiar with Dune. The Harkonnens are like vile, disgusting, oppressive overlords um that are underhand and dirty but they get they get to come up into the end with the atreides gomjabar so it's all good so that was my little uh long-winded nerdy humor um yeah steve bannon <laughs> i mean david david and i were talking earlier he even said it looks like he's having a really bad allergic reaction or something like that like steve bannon is just like the worst um yeah i'm sorry i don't have anything more like intellectually sound and savvy for you tonight on steve bannon I figure there's enough people talking about everything that he's doing right now. I, I mean, I can I can make you giggle at how geeky I am for a few minutes. Um, but 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 on a more serious note, um, you know, Jeff Sessions was confirmed approximately an hour or so ago. Um, the, the the final vote did did go through. There were I got to watch some of the the the, the, the speeches on CNN. I mean, on C-SPAN. Um, so that was it was interesting to hear this testimony in, in statements. Um, you know, I I have not necessarily been favorable or like, yes, Senator Warren. Yes, you go, girl. Personally, I, I think that the grandstanding, I understand, you know, the promise to fight to the very end. But I feel like that this was easy for people to do. Easy in the sense that Jeff Sessions is like clearly a hated target when you talk about the left or progressives, you know. And so for 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 this was not necessarily brave to stand up against, you know, Republicans, same people, by the way, who 
what, like six, seven months ago, were supposedly reasonable and we were trying to court and, and, and get to toward denouncing him, right? Like like Democrats take take heed of this, right? Because these are the same reasonable people you were talking about. You were going to be able to court and, oh, they don't like him, so we'll be able to win easily. Nah. Um, you know, and there's a lot of different memes and posts about how, you know, these are all the people who are voting for DeVos. These are people who are voting for Sessions. We need to get rid of them. They need to hear from us. The only thing they're going to understand is you at the ballot box. The only thing they're going to understand is you replace him. I can't remember the senator's name. He's from Iowa. He's been in the Senate since 1980. 1980. And he got up there and, and, and painted Jeff Sessions as if he was the victim of a smear campaign, not just in his confirmation process now, but also during the 1986 time at issue, you know, that's, that, that, that's when he was being, um, when he was up for a federal judgeship, when Coretta Scott King wrote the letter at issue. So, so allegedly that was orchestrated you know, to paint him as something that he wasn't. He's this great champion. I mean, I've mentioned before, there's a commercial that actually was running when we were in D.C. that um, had showed uh, uh, Justin's painted sessions as a as a uh, uh, a civil rights hero, um, you know. So so it's really interesting when you look at like the machinations that people are going through to to to, to prove this you know, person to be a worthy individual, when you can just look at the plain language that he's used, you can look at his history, you can look at his voting record, you know, and, 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 and so like, you know, it's, it's like, you know, I was talking with some folks earlier and it was like, why hasn't the letter come up at least in terms of his hearings earlier? Right. Why was it that moment? It was a very dramatic, you know, stance that happened. And, and, and it could have, it could have, I mean, actually reading the letter would have been the most, you know, shout out to Wendy Muse for making this point. Reading the letter would have actually been the most, would have been the strongest thing that, 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 that Cory Booker could have done, right? His, his testimony was that, you know, it's whatever, but reading, taking that time when he was giving testimony, even, you know, John Lewis spoke from, you know, his own experience at heart, but any of those people who giving testimony, even during that process, right, the letter could have come up. Um, it's not that the letter should not have come up. I absolutely believe that, you know, who he is, what he has done, and what someone like Coretta Scott King. And Coretta Scott King is valuable and important, not just because she was the widow of Martin Luther King, and but she was involved and she, you know, carried and led work in her own right, right? You know, um, you know, we can have conversations about, you know, proximity to famous husbands and what they give us access to. That's a whole nother conversation for another time. But she also had her own voice and she also had her own legacy that she carried on after, you know, the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King. And so it is a very powerful person to turn to in terms of, you know, rebuking or, or, or giving the best reasons why this person should not be. But here is my problem with all of this as a strategy, right? Because ultimately, what are you doing? At this point, here we are with the vote pending. They've already made up their minds. I mean, most of them, for the most part, probably made up their minds when he was first announced. But they already made up their minds. It's not happening. They're not budging. The moderate Republicans aren't, 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 aren't going to, you know, double over and, and all of a sudden feel bad at the last minute. 
The time for all of this grandstanding and stuff was from the first announcement. The time for all this organizing and reading poems outside of people, reading letters outside of people's houses, this was, you know, months ago. And I understand people are just now finding their voice. So I'm not going to begrudge people for this stuff. But going forward, these, these, these grandstanding for the vine, we don't have, we don't, we don't have, you know, a vine anymore, but you know, these grandstanding gestures and emotional appeals really do nothing more but position people for their own power plays going forward and not so much. And maybe they make people feel good and, and, and really revved up, but what exactly are you doing to address what you're saying is a problem? And in this case, the problem is the nomination of Jess, Jeff's, well, not the nominate, the confirmation of Jess Sessions as the attorney general. Like, how does that actually fit into the grand scheme of things? What are we actually going to do? So I actually like the ACLU's response um, to his confirmation. If he doesn't do what he's supposed to do, we will sue him. And with all that damn money that the ACLU has been raising, I mean, with the ACLU is a premier organization. There's so many different organizations, though, out there. So if you are able to donate, there are so many different legal defense. NAACP, the Legal Defense Fund, is another major one. MALDEF. There's so many different groups out there. Um, the National Lawyers Guild does a lot of work, good work too. Um, so many different groups out there. So I really do do, and, and it's not to say that, okay, just stand back and let the lawyers do it. But at the same time, we need to start really being strategic because there are so many different things, unfortunately, with this administration that require our attention. These symbolic gestures and emotional appeals and, oh, my God, they silenced her. Like, this is the same type of stuff that we saw happening during the primary and then the general with Secretary Clinton. And ultimately, it's empty appeals to 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 some sense of injustice on the basis of our womanhood when really like this whole she persists hashtag. I love seeing since this is really all about supposedly the words of Coretta Scott King, right? And not Elizabeth Warren. This is supposedly about Coretta Scott King. This is supposedly about the words, the legacy and the struggle of this black woman that has come before us and endured so much more than many of us have. So I love seeing, you know, pictures of Shirley Chisholm, people's mothers who, who older people who had mothers who lived in the civil rights movement, like, cause this is what we're trying to evoke, right? For, for this greater cause. So it only made sense that when we're talking about she who persists, you know, Elizabeth Warren getting up there in her privileged position, you know, speaking when, whether she's supposed to speak in a chamber or not. I mean, like, again, I'm not really impressed, but what I am impressed with is the response from people who are engaging who are getting motivated. And I really, really hope that this is channeled into local action because what can we do now? It does not make any sense to sit here and blame people who are quote unquote Hillary haters. I think it was Stanford. There was already a study that was done that showed that most of the quote unquote fake news during the election cycle actually benefited um, Secretary Clinton was actually pro Clinton uh, uh, news probably coming from Blue Nation, Blue Nation Review, now Share Blue with True Blue Media, um, and, and uh, Daily News Bin, which I forget what, I think it's like Palmer News or something like that. It, it's been changed. Both of them changed their names post-election. And um, But 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 this this whole Hillary hate thing is the reason why she lost. It's really ridiculous. Uh, you know, social media is hyper-polarized and overblown in many ways, you know, um, and this failure to really address and look at the failure of engaging people on the local level. This is why we're in a situation that we're in and we're not going to overturn, you know, any of these decisions that are being made by this administration. We're not going to win any of these seats that could be snatched up, you know, places like Pennsylvania, you might be able to pick up a Senate seat in Pennsylvania. I mean, look at the map, 
North Carolina. Maybe, I mean, strategically, when you look at the South, right, there's no reason why the South, with, with, with the large population, like Mississippi, for example, Mississippi is a majority black state. There's no reason why states like Alabama, Mississippi should not have better representation, whether it's their uh, 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 House representatives or their senators. Like, why? But the Democrats aren't invested in the South. Well, why do you always talk about Democrats? You know, da, 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 because they're, I mean, I'm all about the third party option. And I absolutely I argue with Nick about this a whole lot. And we need to get... Um, you know, past the, well, they're not viable. We got to build them to be viable. But at the same time, I can't just come into your house and start cleaning for you. You have to want to do it yourself. So we can say go green and this, that, and the other, but everybody across the, every not everybody within the Green Party actually even gets what needs to be even done to elevate people to the point where they're a viable choice for folks to turn to. And then we have the whole long group of people across the board who have been, disenfranchised, whether through, you know, felony voting access or other BS laws that didn't pass or the fact that they just, they're, they're just disengaged in the process because nobody is checking for them. Nobody's looking out for them. So if we want to really turn things around, if we want to win, right, you know, Rahm Emanuel recently said Democrats just need to suck it up and, 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 and take a chill pill and deal with this because they, they haven't been trying to win. Um, they're trying to be right or something like that, he said. Well, I mean, I, I agree to the sense that, you know, you do have to play to win. you got to play for keeps. You can't be doing all this uh, respectability. Oh, who they like better. Nah, you got to be playing to win, but you got to do it the right way. So y'all need to not listen to Rahm Emanuel either. So, like, there's a lot going on. And I think that, you know, in terms of resisting, you know, it's cute to do these different, you know, symbolic gestures. Like, I thought it was awesome when they had the dance party outside of Mike Pence's house. You know, I'm less enthused about the women who are getting together tonight to read uh, Coretta Scott King's letter in front of McConnell's house. But more power to you guys for doing that. I mean, you know, at least people are coming together and doing something. And hopefully that that leads to people coming together in D.C., Maryland, that metro area to actually start doing things for those communities that are attached. Like if you're not that far from Baltimore, what support can you lend to activism and organizing going around on issues, whether it's lead poisoning, whether it's affordable housing, whether it's, you know, um, the fact that they're trying to raise money to even be able to bus kids in the city of Baltimore. I mean, there's so much that's going on that good liberals, good progressives will overlook because it's not their pet issue, but it's absolutely necessary given how much people keep talking about they're so concerned about systemic issues of systemic racism and oppression and economic injustice and all these other things we can go on. So that's just my two cents about all that stuff. I mean, I really do appreciate, though, the spirit in which everyone is fighting right now. I just really think that we need to start thinking about what can actually be done locally, statewide. Like, I mean, 2018 is not that far away at all. If we're talking about running people, replacing folks, you can't just replace Republican senators if you don't even have a relationship with the people on the ground. If you're a third party or you're independent, right, and, or, or you're a coalition of independents and you want to start running candidates, what are the deadlines? When do you need to file? How many signatures do you need to get on the ballot? What does it cost for you to get on the ballot, right? What are the filing fees and stuff involved? I mean, what's the plan? Where's your plan? Where's your squad? I mean, this is the time right now that everybody needs a squad up. And I don't say that to be harsh or, you know, anything like that. I say that because I really want to see people win. I want to see this stuff be successful. I want to see people be able to turn it around, you know, but I mean, we so we're so excited because some kid got 
really lit at a dim DNC chair meeting committee and, and said what we wanted to hear and yay. I mean, we got, we can't, the symbolic stuff, that's not going to make, that's not going to move anything. I know that that gets us hyped and we need it and we need to be refreshed. We got to have balance. We got to have balance. We can't put all our hopes, you know, in, in unrealistic baskets, right? We, we got to be practical and we got to be realistic. But at the same time, and no, I'm not the type of person to call single payer healthcare a unicorn or no nonsense like that. But I'm just saying, we got to be realistic and we got to keep working because it's not going to be a magical change overnight. Even if Bernie would have won, it was not going to be a magical change overnight. We still would have had this uphill battle. Regardless, it's just a little bit steeper now. Well, it's a lot a bit steeper, but here we are together. So I'm going to bring in Jamie because Jamie's been patiently waiting while I've been rambling and running my mouth. Jamie, how are you doing this evening? Hi, you know, uh. Hi, Jamie. Oh, and do you ramble all the time? I watch <laughs> um, so tell me, you wrote a piece because there's a lot going on now too with No Dapple and, and and the Army Corps engineers went ahead and and, and finally granted the easement. So tell me about your piece, your research. Let's talk. Okay. Um, I started writing last night, and wow, it's a huge, huge issue. Mm-hmm. There. Of, yeah, the U.S. Army, Army Corps of Engineers, they announced their intent to issue the final permit to grant the easement. Right. I'm sure right now if they've done it yet. I've been extremely busy today. If they ever do, you know, I may have to update it. But, um, yeah, the and this easement will include um, terminating the intent to file uh, an environmental impact statement. Okay. So they're going. So this is going ahead without. Yeah, thanks to. Um, yeah, thanks to the executive order. Right. Wow. Wow. So tell me about what you. What were the. What were your findings from some of the stuff you were doing last night? What was your take? Well, Heidi Heitkamp and Donald Trump are they the same person? <laughs> That was one of my takes. It's like, oh, seriously? No. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So, like, what, 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 like, yeah, tell me some more. Like, what made you think? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't say it in the article because it was a news piece. I'm saying it on your show because I can say it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. So, what made you say that, though? Like, what about, what about well, the two of them? She seems to be really into this bipartisanship thing. She seems to think that it's going to work that, you know, and she's been calling for, um, for more law enforcement in, in those, you know, in the water protector space. Right. So I do know that there was, there have been some solidarity actions planned for tonight. I know there's one in Chicago, there is one in there was was a protest going on outside the White House. Um, so that I mean, people have it. I love the I love he, the human spirit and, and the resilience, because despite this being announced, people have not given up on trying to stop it at all. Um, we've seen I think it's what three billion dollars have been divested from Wells Fargo. Um, it's 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 just it's wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's great. 
It's just, it will it be enough to stop this thing? Right. <laughs> it's, it's like, I wrote this article because I couldn't be there. I, right. It's been tearing my heart out for months. Right. I mean, so, we've taken so much. Ahead. We've taken so much from these people. I mean, from, you know, our indigenous people. We've treat, treated them so badly. And, yeah, as I said, I wrote this and I did, you know, I tried to do what I could to make it factual and accurate. Everybody would know what was actually going on. Yeah. So, I agree. so what is your piece called? Because I forget the title and I want to make sure that, that uh, everybody can check it out and tweet it out and stuff. Well, we just recently switched up the title because it was kind of long. I'm okay. not great titles. It's titled, I'm not either. It's hard. It's so hard. Right? It's called Army COE Plans Easement on Dapple. Okay. And But there's a, actually a lot more to it than that. I go through the Army Corps of Engineers, the easement, mm -hmm. um, a quote from a high camp press release. Um, oh, the the um, when when Donald Trump says he hasn't had one call complaining about the Dakota Access Pipeline, <laughs> oh yeah, that would be he he doesn't mention the reason he's received no phone calls. The White House call calling comment line has been non-operational since uh, around the end of uh, former President Obama's administration, and mm -hmm. it's still non-operational this time because I actually have actually tried to call and it also links to a Facebook messenger that's not connected <laughs> or not linked but um, they tell you to um, message on Facebook and it's like yeah that's not happening yet wait why is it not the, the White House call calling comment line has been mm -hmm. non-optional since January um it, it was it was towards the end of um, towards the end of uh, former President Obama's administration. Mm -hmm. That's that's I didn't realize that. I well I had heard that they were I knew I knew there were issues with different representatives unplugging phones and stuff. I had yeah. not necessarily I don't know that I necessarily caught that about the um, White House lines too. But that I mean that's that's you know that's Trump and his alternative facts, right? Well, mm -hmm. actually the um. The lines, yeah, were, um, he hasn't reinstated them yet, but mm -hmm. they went down around the end of, you know, former President Obama's administration. He didn't shut those lines down, but he also hasn't put them back up. Gotcha. gotcha. So, so he hasn't heard any calls because they don't I'm have anyone. Here. To <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, I said he hasn't taken any calls. He hasn't heard any calls because they... Yeah, he hasn't, yeah. It, it's factually accurate because the lines aren't open. But, you know, it's just ridiculous. It doesn't seem to be a priority to open those um, call lines because there are people that don't have access to the internet. Right. You know? And it would be good to get those lines up. Right, 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 right. Um, so I see, you know, I, I was able to get your article pulled up. So um, Standing Rock Sue 
of course, they've been awesome about releasing statements and keeping everyone up to date on, on just how to how to be involved, how to show solidarity, how to get coordinated um, in various actions. And, 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 and it's still this concern. I mean, one, you know, it's treaty land. We're talking about a portion of land, the treaty land, right? We're, we're talking about, um, but, but blowing off the environmental impact statement, which was such a huge win um, in the grand scheme of kind of what was happening, you know, towards the end of last year. Um, it's just, you know, that, that would actually really settle, well, in theory, it would at least resolve some of the questions about the threat to the water source uh, 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 in, the, in, the, in the area. And, and then we go back to this, right? I mean, the, the pipeline was rerouted in the beginning because of it, concerns of, of, of threat to, to the water source by, I think it was Bismarck. Um, but to see this going forward, I mean, we figured, you know, but the way the Obama administration just dragged its feet, um, we could have had this EIS process already started and underway sometime last year. Now, would they have just scrapped it? Um, I think that would have given give it another gr- level. It's been a long time since I've done environment since I've done environmental law, but it would have given them. It was already underway and not carried out once it was triggered. Um, I, I I think there would have been another legal course of action, but um, you know, it just. It's like we have so many of these moments right now where it seems like there's nothing you can do that, but you 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 can't give up hope and you can't just give up and let them win. I guess so. We keep on fighting, yeah. Um, with our with our last breaths to to you know to make sure and follow through and um the the standing rock Sioux stated in a press release that they are undaunted in the commitment to challenge the easement announcement by the U.S. Department of the Army for the Dakota Access Pipeline. Um, The drinking water of millions of Americans is now at risk. We are a sovereign nation, and we will fight to protect our water and sacred places from the brazen private interests trying to push this pipeline through to benefit a few wealthy Americans with financial ties to the Trump administration. And obviously, we've seen that as well, with um, Trump allegedly dumping shares in the corporation right before um, he was... uh, I almost said impeached <laughs> right before he was sworn in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So any other thoughts? Do you have any other thoughts on, you know, this whole topic? What's, what's kind of uh, motivating? You heard, um, sacred stone camp. Yes. Yeah. You know, some stuff. And I, I cited, um, brave bull Allard, her, um, mm-hmm article that went up uh, February 4th. Uh, to save water, water, we must break, break the cycle of colonial trauma. Ooh, I miss this. Okay, I miss this. This is good. I have to read this later. Good find. Very good find. Um, that's very true. I mean, but we're seeing, while it's not the same exact issue, we do see this profits over human health, water access, um, and sovereignty. In many areas, we see this happening across the board. Um, so this is a piece in the Sacred Stone Camp blog, uh, and I'm going to tweet it out as well, but it's linked in the piece from Jamie that I just tweeted out. Um, you guys can check it out. So Jamie, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for, for, for hopping on and, and hanging out with me for a little bit. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and you know, you always have a space here to come and chat up whatever articles and stuff. Um, I think Andre and Pamela wrote a piece today too um, that I did not get a chance to look at yet. But go check out the blog, progressivearmy.com. Um, if you guys haven't perused the blog before, peruse it, check it out, read, like, share. Um, also, you know, we've been getting, I think the the editor, our editorial, well, I won't say the editorial board because I'm on the editorial board, but like our managing editors and our editor staff, they've actually been doing a really great job in terms of like contributor pieces and stuff as well. I know several of the people have, have hit us up on Twitter and they've actually submitted pieces, submissions about a wide variety of issues. Um and so it's, it's, it's cool because we have our regular lineup of writers and then, you know, I write every once in the blue. Um, but we're getting some really strong contributor and opinion pieces from folks. And that really helps round out some of the information, some of the uh, uh, subject matter to be, be covered. So um, it's my hope that we'll be able to start showcasing more of our writers work you know, as we, as we move forward. Um, but yeah, so I thank Jamie so much for being a client and it's not easy. It's not easy to come on, even though, you know, you're just, she and I are buds, but it's not easy to come on and, and, and chat about your work. So I, I definitely appreciate her for taking the time with me this evening. Um, very awesome. Um, a couple other things, a couple other news pieces that could, that came up um, yesterday. Um, uh, Michael Michael Redwine and I had a really great conversation. We did an early, early show. So we went on before Ben went on at eight yesterday because of the debate. We went on at seven. Um, we talked with Billy Easton. of He's the executive director of the Alliance, Alliance for Quality Education in New York. Um, and, and, you know, obviously yesterday, Betsy DeVos was, was, was confirmed. And so we talked a little bit about, like, what does her confirmation really mean for us on, you know, state and local level? Um, you know, what what impact does that have in terms of education? But a really interesting conversation I was having, shout out to Stacey Hopkins, because Stacey makes me think so much. Um, she challenges me often <laughs> in our conversations. But one thing we were talking about is, you know, whether or not there's like this huge pending danger from Betsy DeVos, the Secretary of Education, regarding our public schools and our children. Um, there are obviously some very challenging uh, 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 times ahead. Ahead, there are decisions, there are things that 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 could be put in place, um, such as this very large uh, private voucher program that 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 Donald Trump uh, promised during the campaign that she's obviously in favor of. That could, you know, disrupt the stability, you know, in certain school districts. But one thing we're talking about is really looking because a lot of what happens in terms of our our our, our schools is really like state. Against state and local. Not that federal government is not important. It really is important because some the way in which federal government operates in relation to the states sometimes dictates how states and local local governing bodies um, act. You know, in return, like how they make determinations. Do they try to you know switch around certain programming? Like we saw with the whole race to the top. A program that was released under, you know, President Obama with Senator Arne Duncan. I'm Senator Secretary of Education Arne Arne Duncan. You know, so 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 school districts can sometimes change their behavior to accommodate whatever policy is coming down, right? So it may not necessarily be a direct causation, but then it still happens. It's still happening. So there's definitely something that we need to be paying attention to. You know, what's going on for your local school board? Do you have school board races? Who's running? Who's already on there? 
What directions have your, has your school been taking? Do you have a local school council or some other governing body? Like we have a cluster set up. You know, we have elementary schools that feed into a middle school that feed into a high school. That's how it is here in APS. And we have this new system that was just set up this last year. Um, so, so like, like, do you even know? And if you don't have kids, I understand, like, you might be like, why do I care? Don't you want to have, you know, decent schools are good for communities overall, whether you have children going to the, you might have children going there someday, your children might have already passed through there, but don't you want to live in a community where the kids are actually getting what they need? I mean, you know, it makes me feel better. Even I think about running for school board, not this cycle, there's way too much from, got my hand in way too many things to be thinking about this cycle, but like in four years, running for school board, well, my son will be on his way out. But then I don't know if that's fair necessarily because I'll be a parent with a child that's getting ready to age out of public school. Should someone like me still be making decisions? I mean, these are things that we really need to consider even when we're looking at people who are running. But but these are considerations that folks need to make, right? And we need to be engaging other people and thinking about this stuff as well. Um, but like, so our conversation yesterday with, with, with Billy, we, we talked a lot about, you know, kind of like, and he we, he, we were able to use the work they're doing around the education equity, you know, um, they had a campaign for, for, uh, for what was it, financial equity, uh, I'm, not, I'm probably getting the CFE acronym wrong, I need to look it up, but um, I'm getting emails, <laughs> I'm getting messages about, about who to support against... <laughs> It's busy. It's busy. See, but anyway, so we we are really seriously looking at you know like how to engage on the state and local level. And one of the things that Billy Easton were talking about, we were going through their their report that they just released last week. Um, I tweeted out yesterday. I'll tweet out again. And I'll share the video from yesterday as well. It's a really good conversation. Of looking at the anatomy of an organization and how they're working, not just around this issue in terms of you know education equity. This comes from a lawsuit from like ten years ago. Parents sued the state ten years ago for inequitable funding of of public schools in New York State. And New York State is like you know this little proud liberal progressive bastion, you know, but it has the second largest uh, disparity between like, you know, racial, economic disparity and in, in, in education opportunity in the country. Um, so this is a problem. Well, that's also because other places, education is just bad, period, right? Like when you're talking about the South, you know, but so, so, but, but these are, you know, we need to not just be so focused on like Trump and the Republicans. That obviously is like really important, but at the same time, because you, because they, they might do things that are super but the fact that they might do things that are super scary that judgmental doesn't mean that we can continue to overlook what is being done by so-called allies, right? Because at the end of the day, we just need good policies that are created that benefit children, communities, families, individuals, et cetera, et cetera, right? That, that, that make for a better society. And that's not pie in the sky, you know, granola crunchy stuff. That's just real talk. Um, so I, I, I was really angry, <laughs> I was really angry this morning. I've been really angry actually since all day. Um, really unmotivated in terms of my job job. Um, and, and just 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 really wanted to just dig in on what's been going on to be able to just do this with you all. But that's not real life. Real life means that I have to work during the day. Many of us have to work during the day. But I was really angry and I was really trying to work through, you know, my, what I felt was my righteous anger. Right. And I've been kind of snippy and stuff with folks, particularly if you if you if you message me on Twitter and you started quoting Dr. King to me this morning, you got your head bit off. 
because we really need to stop telling people that they shouldn't be angry. Like, don't tell me how to feel. Right. I, I don't tell you how to feel. You can feel how you feel. You can think what you think. I mean, I might tell you you're wrong and I don't agree with you, but that's that's how that's how free speech works. Right. Like you say something and then I say something back. We, we, we can express ourselves. You know, there are rules and there's decorum in certain venues. But um, if you come into my space, don't be telling me what to say. Because right now, like, I'm really angry. And I'm not just angry at the Republicans, right? I'm really angry at so-called liberals right now. And there's this realization somehow that the world is racist. Like, where you been at? How did you not know that Jeff Sessions... How did you not know that the cronyism that exists in the Senate, which has been predominantly white forever, like, how did you not know this? Like, I don't understand when I see these posts from people, I see these posts from journalists who are older than me, and they say things like, well, today we finally know. What do you mean today we finally know? Have you never seen Eyes on the Prize? Do you listen to some some of these same people have been in the Senate, were in the Senate with Strom Thurmond. Right. Because Strom Thurmond was actually I think it was head of the Senate Judiciary Committee that that's who the letter is actually addressed to from from Loretta Lynch. Strom Thurmond, if you don't know who he is, go look him up. <laughs> like like it's just it's mind boggling when you talk about people coming into their political, you know, agency in the 80s. That means that their mentors were people who came into power in politically, you know, in politics in the 60s and 50s and 70s. Right. Like. These people, this is the same thing we have with cops. When everyone's like, oh my God, the FBI found that cops were, were infiltrated by white supremacists. Duh. Like, like, why would that change? The KKK, the cops were the KKK in many places back in the 40s and 50s and 60s. Like, 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 like that, why would that change? Just because people weren't talking about it anymore, just because people wanted to put it behind them, like pretend like it didn't exist, like like, like folks try to do after reconstruction. It doesn't like it's just it just boggles my mind. If you are a child, if you're a student of history, if you know anything and you don't really even have to know a whole lot. Like, I just wonder, like, have I really because I really feel like I didn't really become engaged and awaken until this election cycle on the level that I am now. But apparently growing up with a dad that I have who likes to overanalyze and, 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 and pick apart every little thing, including the latest Marvel movie. Apparently, I've paid more attention to the news over the last several decades. I shouldn't say several decades. I haven't been allowed or really around several decades. But you know what I mean. Like, I just really feel like folks have been asleep. And as soon and all they're doing is they're just looking for another place to lay down again so they can go back to their slumber. I don't know how many of you have seen the movie um, uh, Wally, right? I actually have not seen all of Wally. <laughs> I'm going to be honest about, about this analogy. I've not seen all of Wally because I thought it was boring. <laughs> but from what I have seen every time it comes on or the kids are watching or whatever, what I have seen is like that you have this big ship, right? The humans are just on this big ship. Earth got mucked up or whatever. They're trying to find, you know, they need to find signs of life. And that's what Eva goes out there and that's how she finds Wally. But anyway, the humans are on this big ship, but they've been on this ship so long and they've just gotten so accustomed to having things, everything automated and done for them. Like they're in this like perpetual, they, they sleep, they get up and eat. Everything's done for them by the computers. The ship does everything for them. Right. And all of a sudden the, the ship goes crazy. And that's when kind of it kind of like shakes people up again. But like, but for the fact that they that the captain actually finds out about Earth 
And then he actually gets kind of driven and motivated to go look for it to like to go to back to where they used to be. Um, they would be once the ship got, you know, back under control, they would be back, you know, doing the same thing because they're all fat. They can't walk like they have these like chair things that fly them around. Anyway, my point is like a lot of people seem like they're upset that they got woke up from their nap. Not because, you know, now we're so righteous and so woke. You know, we're never going back to never going never again. Are we going back that way? Nah, they just wait until it's safe to take a nap again. That's 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 really how I feel right now. Like when people are just like so like, oh, my God, they silenced her. Like, are you serious? Like, really? This is what you're outraged about. There's a young woman, Brisha. I, I've talked about it before, whatever. I haven't talked about it recently because there's a whole bunch of other shit going on. And I forget this young woman who, who had to endure, you know, an abusive household. His her father, like, like, like she she killed her father in self-defense of herself and her mother. Like she's only she's the same age as my daughter. She's 14, 15 years old. Young woman who's still sitting in juvie right now. Thankfully, she's sitting in juvie and she's not been transferred to some like adult prison or some nonsense like that in Ohio. Where is the big feminist outrage for what's happening to this child who who, who was trying to defend herself, who's trying to defend her mother, right, from the tirades of an abusive father? Like we have so many different examples of fine. She's just one person. She's not a senator. But that's the problem, though. We have, you know, like I, I was upset with, I realized I was, I was angry this morning because I was upset with Senator Warren. Like Senator Warren is someone who exudes so much power and influence, right? Like, and it's not because I'm upset because she didn't do more for burning down the primary. I, I, you know, honestly, I'm really over a lot of that stuff. Not because it doesn't matter, but because it doesn't matter right now for what we need to be doing. Right. Being mad at people for supporting Hillary Clinton or not supporting Clinton. At the end of the day, it doesn't even fucking matter no more for what we need to be doing right now. It does not. So we can talk about who who who's owned and all this other stuff, because, you know, where money does come from, that's that's a legitimate concern. But who voted for who when don't do nothing to help how we going to fight and deal with what's going on now. And how do we not only deal with what's going on now, but how do we also continue to try to address the systemic issues that are undercurrent across the board in this society? Because it's not just Trump, right? Yes, crazy ass Steve Bannon who believes in Armageddon and all this other stuff or whatever is in, is, is in charge because that buffoon didn't realize he was giving him more power than he intended him to have. That's a whole other story. Yes, that is important. Yes, that is something that we should talk about and focus on. However, the prison industrial complex has existed long before Donald Trump ever decided he was going to take public office. The prison industrial complex, we just saw a, a, a prison, you know, uprising last week at Vaughn. Um, you know, I, I, I shared this before. I'll share it again. Um, there was a, a, a thing that my stepfather did um, when he was working with the American Friends Service Committee. He did an overview of the, the 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 25th anniversary of the Attica uprising. Um, and he was also a part of, well, he is a part of critical resistance as well as the Jericho movement and other things. But this these, these battles, these are the people we need to be seeking out, right? We need to be seeking out these groups and these organizations that have been long and enduring. You want to donate money? Donate money to Project South down here in Atlanta. Donate money to critical resistance. Donate money to these organizations that have been really grinding. What 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 is the issue that matters to you? And who has actually been out here grinding on it for, for, for whatever period of time? Who's actually out here organizing, engaging people, building around this stuff? 
that's what we need to be focused on. I don't give a damn. Please don't. Re- if you, if we friends, or if you like, if if I blessed you with a with a friend request or, or you know something, if you comment on stuff and your response is well, they did vote for Hillary. I don't care. What are you doing now? What is being done now? Because the fact that you voted for Bernie, what a year ago, it doesn't give you cred forever. What are you doing now? Because I'll tell you what I'm doing now. I'm going to get up Saturday morning. And I'm and I'm torn about what I'm getting ready to do. I'm so torn about it, um, and because instead of working overtime and making some extra money to help my you know people pay bills and save money or do whatever I do, because you know that Soros money don't pay as well as people think it does. Ha ha, JK. Um, instead of taking up taking advantage of the overtime that's being offered right now, because we have um, the opportunity to do that at work. I will be driving early in the morning. I'm going to go up and then come back down because I got family responsibilities. I'm going to Birmingham. I'm going to Birmingham for a community training. Um, shout out to Surge and BLM Birmingham chapters are co-leading a community training with the newly formed Impact. I've mentioned Impact before. Um, we'll be doing a community-based training and just really looking. I think we have about 50 people so far signed up to attend. Um, it's an all-day event, looking to really start engaging people. I know some of the issues they talk about for Birmingham is affordable housing. So really just helping people walk through the steps of how to target and address the issues that matter in the community, how to engage other people in that process, and then how to start engaging elected officials, you know, on the various issues, um, looking at pending legislation, you know, city council, you know, bills, things of that nature, like really digging in and working with people on that local level for how to build out and develop the plans of actions that are needed to build the agency and and opportunity and engagement necessary to really start changing the tide and turning the needle. The other thing happening here in Atlanta uh, around the same time, sucks that I'm not two people. I can't be in two places at once, but there is a um, a rally sponsored by seven different org- several different organizations for DeAndre Phillips, who was murdered by the Atlanta police um, and, and seeking justice, not just in that case, of course, but in so many different cases. I got into a, a debate with someone earlier about the effectiveness of, of a Justice Department consent decrees. You know, Yes, that is a strong tool that the federal government has over police departments. However, if we're really serious and committed to addressing the issue of police violence in our communities and save me the whole, oh, well, they kill more white people, blah, blah, blah. I don't even, I don't even care right now what, what, what the what excuse is, right? If we're going to address the issue of extrajudicial killings by police officers. You know, when UNIT, when UN, when United, United Nations human rights officials have looked at the engagement of American police officers with the citizenry, there have been flagrant violations, not just of our constitutional rights, but international human rights law. There are serious issues, and this can be addressed at the state and local level. Like, we have so much power we don't even realize it because we let the Democrats, we let this two party system BS get us all riled up and focused on this circus freak show that's happening in DC. That we're not even paying attention to what we can do where we are. We're not even paying attention to what we can do, even affecting what they're doing in DC because we're so caught up in who's going to be the next DNC chair and blah, 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 blah. Who really has the power here? Do parties really even have power or is it the donor base? And is it the voters? Because what are parties without people to vote for their candidates or without money to fund them? Let's just be real. I mean, do you do? I mean, are we even looking at the possible extinction of a, of a party system? Can we can we just exist with like candidate committees and, and, and collaborative? You know I, mean? I don't know. 
But I do know that I'm tired. I'm so sick and tired of all this. You know, will they, won't they dance with the DNC? I see the AP, whether they meant to or not, is already, you know, calling it for Perez. Good luck with that. Good luck with losing a lot more. I do want to see I do want to see the Greens. I do want to see third parties, whether independent or otherwise. I do want to see folks really, really challenging, you know, folks, really, really putting candidates, but don't just put candidates out there, support your candidates, train your candidates, engage with your candidates, right? Don't just have that. I'm really enjoying seeing the support for Kenneth out in California. You know, Kenneth, bright guy, young, young Bernie Crat turn green running in a special election. I can't remember which congressional district that is, but, but really I'm seeing some really great support from him, but we need to find a way to make sure all candidates get that type of support. Right. We can't have cat candidates just out there. Like, yeah, I'm a candidate for this. And, and, and these seats are crucial. We do actually need people who understand and get it and are about to be about the issues and about the people to actually be in these positions of power. And I know we can have conversations about power and we should get rid of power. That's not realistic, okay? That sounds really good in some academic conversation from some book or whatever theory you've read lately. But let's just be real about the society we live in and where we are right now. You can't do anything if you don't have anything to affect anything with. So I'm out of time. It is time for Ben to come in. I actually had a really strong quote from Dr. King. Um, Okay, well, let me get my phone because... <laughs> Hold on for a second. Ugh. This was um this was from the year before he was assassinated. It's exactly a year before, I believe. Um this is from a speech he gave at Riverside Church in opposition to the Vietnam War. Um, and, and check out the, the Zero and Education Project. Um, this is where I got it from. There's there's some, you know, there's great information on their period, especially since this is Black History Month. Um, and we have all this talk and evoking of civil rights era, things like that. Check out the Eyes on the Prize series on the civil rights too, right? Like understand your history, understand the moment we're in and that this is not brand new. This is a cycle. This is cyclical. And we will not break the cycle, you know, bearing down to neoliberals and, and, and going along to get along. So anyway, here's my quote. We as a nation must undergo a radical revolution of values. We must rapidly begin the shift from a thing-oriented society to a person-oriented society. When machines and computers, profit motives, and property rights are considered more important than people, the giant triplets of racism, extreme materialism, and militarism are incapable of being conquered. So, no, you can't just fall in line and get along, go along to get along. You can't just do what's done to, to, to mend peace and be all one big happy family. Families, real families, are, are rough at times. You might love each other, you might not. But you got to work through the issues or it ain't going to be right. So this has been the way of Fanoa. We are going to move forward. We will be fine. We have many of us, many of our parents, our grandparents, our people have endured far worse. So do not despair. We're all in this together. Um, hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up via email, thewayofano at gmail.com, and I'm out. Peace.
Power.